0: Your daily Miami Dolphins podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome
1: to Locked On Dolphins. It is hump day, Wednesday, September 16th. And today's episode of Locked On Dolphins is brought to you by NFL Game Pass. This season, get football on your time with NFL Game Pass. See all the action from every game with full game replays. You can also replay an entire game. And catch all of the plays in just 45 minutes with condensed games. Go to NFL.com gamepass Game Pass to start your free trial today. NFL Game Pass, where football never stops. I'm your host, Kyle Krabs, managing editor of USA Today's DolphinsWire.com, director of scouting for TheDraftNetwork.com, a lifelong Miami Dolphins fan, and about damn ready to put this Patriots game behind us. Tomorrow on the show, we got a very special opportunity to sit down with Joe Marino of Locked On Bills. If you listen to Draft Dudes, my NFL Draft podcast that I co-host with Joe, you will know you are in for a treat with the crossover. But today, getting those final sets of reactions out from week one, beginning to transition an eye forward into week two. Need to talk about some players who need to play better specifically as it pertains to how the Buffalo Bills are going to play the Miami Dolphins and those defenders who can be X-factors in helping to stabilize the Dolphins after a rocky start. Before we get there, we do have some housekeeping items. The Dolphins made several practice squad players once again protected entering Week 2. Two of them are similar players, to who the Dolphins decided to protect in week one. Those players are tight end Chris Myrick and cornerback Tay Hayes. Those are two of the Dolphins' four protected players. The other two new faces, quarterback Reed Sinnott, who was signed to be the Dolphins' practice squad quarterback after the team decided to part ways with Jake Rudolph. It's no sweat off our back that Jake Rudolph is not going to be a long-term piece of the Miami Dolphins' puzzle. Reed's in it probably is not going to be the Dolphins' long-term backup quarterback anyway. The Dolphins' developmental players like this, you're looking for a guy that you can get familiar with in the system. If he's a guy that does have some physical upside, and that's the part that I think Jake Rudock was lacking, then more power to the Dolphins. And the Dolphins are probably going to sit here and say, listen, if we have both fits and two will go down, our season's got bigger problems. We're probably not winning any football games, many football games. What's interesting is you do have two guys on the roster, Malcolm Perry and Lynn Bowden, who you were used to and exposed to taking snaps at the college level, and can probably serve as the Dolphins' game-day emergency QB3. Would not be surprised. But nevertheless, Reed Sinnott is one of the practice squad protected players for the Dolphins. The other one, long snapper Matt Orzek. Who, not really sure what the motivation is there other than maybe we want to make sure we keep him for more than a week and get some evaluation time with him. But the Dolphins, I think it's it, it, it's very telling we're now two weeks in, and Tay Hayes and Chris Myrick have been protected both weeks. Something to watch. Dolphins coveting players, developing players, hoping to build them into an active roster role or one week in, attrition and injuries are inevitably going to force the Dolphins' hands at some position throughout the course of this this season. If it comes a tight end or corner, you can be rest assured you know who that first player is that's going to get the call. Some promising news this morning coming through from the Miami Herald as well, indicating that Devontae Parker is reportedly looking promising to be available for the Miami Dolphins in week two against the Buffalo Bills. He, of course, suffered a setback with his hamstring that he had been battling for a full week and a half to two weeks before the start of the season against the Patriots. Parker played in the first half of the game, caught four passes for 47 yards, and looked very much to be the dominant physical presence that he was in 2019 before the hamstring jumped up and bit him and forced him onto the sideline for the remainder of the game against the Patriots. And Parker, his absence was so significantly felt in that the Patriots, once Parker was gone, could have chosen to attack the Dolphins in a number of different ways. We could have said, Preston Williams, you're the next best wide receiver. We're going to have Stephon Gilmore follow you around. They also very easily could have said, okay, we're going to stick Stephon Gilmore on the left side and we're going to roll coverage away from him, just leave him on an island, we're going to cut the field in half. And Stephon Gilmore did not mirror Preston Williams throughout the game. So, once Devontae was gone, the lack of polish from the rest of this group, with Preston Williams and Isaiah Ford being your primary receivers, Preston looked rusty. Obviously, the slip at the top of the route... But just so much more attention could be evenly dispersed and then it becomes less about, okay, where is 11 in white if you're New England? And it becomes, okay, let's put 24 in blue here and let the rest sort itself out. That hurt. That hurt a lot. And the Bills, they're a little bit more zone-heavy team, which we'll talk about tomorrow with Joe Marino, and that will help the Dolphins organically, with or without Devontae. But getting Devontae back and having this be a hamstring issue that hopefully you know, it was a minor tweak, and Brian Flores sees the writing on the wall and says, this is a 16-game season. I'm not going to force Devontae out there for him to blow it out completely, and then we lose him for a month. That's our hope. That's the only thing we can hope as it pertains to Devontae Parker, his hamstring, and his availability. But if you know Devontae Parker's track record – I don't know about you, but I am a little bit nervous right now. I am absolutely a little bit nervous that Devontae Parker is not going to be 100% for the next two months. He's going to be in and out of games, and it's going to cripple this offense. Regardless of whether Malcolm Perry and Lynn Bowden Jr. are playing or not, unless one of those guys becomes transcendent, we need more at wide receiver. We need a lot more at wide receiver. In a perfect world, Malcolm Perry's on the practice squad this year. In a perfect world, guy like Isaiah Ford probably doesn't make your team. Right now, he's wide receiver two. Or if you want to put JaKeem Grant at wide receiver two and call Isaiah wide receiver three, that's fine. But Isaiah Ford played more snaps than Jakeem did in week one. Something for us to monitor, but at least the T leaves early in the week are promising for Devontae Parker playing against the Buffalo Bills in a, Mm -hmm. depending on what scenario you want to go down, and that's the next rabbit hole we'll go down here on the show. Let's just say for now, until we get the chance to explore those hypotheticals, Week 2 is a big game for a lot of different reasons, regardless of the outcome. But it's a very big game. Want to make sure everybody knows about our friends over at NFL Game Pass. This season, get football on your time with NFL Game Pass. You can catch every snap from every game with full game replays and see all of the plays in just 45 minutes thanks to condensed games. You can relive all the gutsy calls, crazy catches, wild comebacks, and breakout stars from every game every week. It's all the action, all the football you can handle all in one place. And NFL Game Pass is the only place you can replay every game all season long, You'll also learn from the league's best with over 40 NFL Game Pass film session episodes. Go inside the game from a player's perspective as they break down the game's concepts and techniques. You can learn from the best like Deshaun Watson, Stephon Gilmore, Devontae Adams, and many more. NFL Game Pass also provides access to the entire NFL Films archive. Go to NFL.com slash Game Pass to start your free trial today. NFL Game Pass, where football never stops.
0: If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.
1: Kyle, why is Buffalo Week 2 such a big game? We just played the New England freaking Patriots Week 1. And we lost. So, now sitting at 0-1, the prospect of being 0-2, being 0-2 in the division... We need to start talking about quarterback change dynamics. And one of the things that I did was went through the good, the bad, and the ugly scenarios for the Dolphins' offense and how quickly those timelines result in a quarterback change. And there's some other things that the Dolphins could potentially do for their offense, and that, that'll that be the last thing that I uncover at the end of the show. Uh, but a quarterback change feels like the inevitable carrot at the end of the stick right like we're all moving in that direction we all know that's the end game but if the Dolphins come out and they lose to the Bills and then they lose to the Jaguars on the road in week three who beat the Colts 27 to 20 in week one you will probably see two a week four you get 10 days of install Seattle is coming across the country. They, I'm sorry, aside of Jamal Adams, they do not have the most fearsome personnel on the defensive line to threaten to. If the Dolphins lose to Buffalo, scrap out a 17-14 win against Jacksonville, go 1-3 and over our next three games, that initial prediction I had, that Week 7 game against the Chargers being the install game, that's probably when you'll see, too. If, this, if Miami is 2-4, and four, the offense sputters, yes. Makes a ton of sense. The season's not completely lost now. Say we lose to Denver. We drop to 2-4. and four. Okay, we, we got to get our heads on straight. This season's not lost, but we can't afford to go to 2-5. and five. We can't afford the offense to continue to play stagnant. Tua, you got a month and a half of extra time. Let's see what you're made of. That's the bad scenario. We had the ugly 0-3 start. The bad is a 1-2 start that exp- compounds into a 2-4 start. The good scenario is week one was the aberration because Devonte was out, because we were playing the best corner cover group in man coverage in the NFL and the New England Patriots. Suddenly, you know, we get this litmus test against the Bills. Ryan Fitzpatrick looks much more like 2019 Ryan Fitzpatrick. The Dolphins ultimately win against Buffalo. They win against Jacksonville. You got a winnable game against Seattle. Denver lost to Tennessee in week one and looked very badly coached. You know, if you, if you win the next two, Buffalo and Jacksonville, what you then do is you create this runway of wiggle room for Ryan Fitzpatrick where like I don't see if the dolphins are 5 and 4 through 9 games going into the first game against the Jets I don't see them making a change of quarterback if the dolphins are 3 and 2 are the dolphins really going to make a change of quarterback if the dolphins are 3 and 3 we could say, well, it's not broke. we we got through the hard part of the schedule. Now we got an easy part. Let's keep going. You'll leave fits in. Now, of course, Brian Flores could could very easily go off script with that, but that's the the common sense point of view. You ride fits until you're no longer competitive, or until you have to make the change to try to save your season and keep you competitive. So if we're floating around 500 all throughout the year, I don't know that we see two. I don't know if there's the urgency to see two. But Brian Flores said something very telling in a presser a little while ago in which he talked about making the decisions that are going to help your team win on Sundays, making all of your personnel decisions with the idea and point of view and perspective of I want to help my team win. That's not as black and white as I'm going to start the guy who gives me the best chance to win on Sunday, not all the time. And that's a question the Dolphins have to ask themselves because Brian Flores at one point in the build up to the season said, you know, sometimes you have to make decisions that don't just ask yourself who's going to help me win this week, but who's going to help me week and win, who will help me win more in week 10? If it's week one. So, if the Dolphins anticipate being a competitive football team this year, which we all do, if you drop the 0 and 2, 0 and 3, but you anticipate you're a competitive football team, Ryan Fitzpatrick probably still technically gives you the best chance to win week four. But you got to ask yourself that hard question is Ryan Fitzpatrick going to give you the best chance to win? week 13 or 14 against the Kansas City Chiefs? Or will Tua, with some seasoning, give you that best opportunity? But it was very interesting to at least hear Brian Flores acknowledge that side of the coin in the pre-draft process, and now we're at a tipping point. Buffalo is a tipping point for this team. We can choose to go one way or the other. team's going to have to show up big. I talked about players that had to play better. Ryan Fitzpatrick is absolutely among them. Mentioned on yesterday's show, I thought Jerome Baker was another player who, despite the 16 tackles in the sack, which came on a play in which they're pulling left guard and the Patriots didn't have enough of an install in to, to check out of that play, which was something Tony Romo talked about on the broadcast. The penalties in the pass coverage were not good. Jerome needs to play better. Emmanuel Agba needs to play better. We saw him get knocked around this opening drive. He's down in the B-gap. He gets double-teamed. And the Patriots' replacement right tackle, Jermaine Illuminor, nearly decleats him, knocks him to a knee, knocks him on the ground, pushes him over two gaps. Cam Newton buzzes through for a 15-yard gate up the middle. The edge play in general was undisciplined against all of the read looks that the Patriots gave us. We got to be better. So, whether that's Kyle Van Noy is walked up on the edge with more frequency and stacked outside of that guy, so be it. But if that's what you got to do, Emmanuel Agba's got to play better. Jerome Baker's got to play better. I want to see Kyle Van Noy play more. Brandon Jones, tip of the cap to you, man. You played an awesome football game on Sunday. Christian Wilkins, don't change a thing. Bring the same energy, bring the same effort, bring the same impact you brought in week one, and lo and behold, you're going against a much softer offensive line. Not a bad offensive line. Left tackle through center for Buffalo is a good unit. But this right guard, right tackle situation for them is not settled yet. And we're going to have to make our living there. And we're going to have to make an impact there. Offensively, Devontae, do everything you can to stay healthy, man. Isaiah Ford, need more production, need to find, and hopefully the zone coverage will help, find those soft spaces. But the Patriots blanketed Isaiah Ford on 40-something snaps. RockAuto.com is a family business who's been providing auto parts customers with high-quality service online for the past 20 years. So whether you're looking for new taillights, motor oil, carpet, or engine control modules, or anything else for your classic or daily driver, RockAuto.com has everything you need in one easy-to-navigate catalog, and in just a few clicks, you can get everything you need delivered directly to your front door. Best of all, prices are the same for Rock Auto customers, whether you're a professional or a do-it-yourselfer, so why would you go anywhere else and spend up to twice as much for the same parts? So visit rockauto.com for all of your auto parts needs, and make sure you write locked on in their how-did-you-hear-about-us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, and all of the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com.
0: If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.
1: Which brings me to the last point, which is kind of Dolphins related. It's it's more of a hypothetical Dolphins scenario. And it stems from what's happening in Chicago. I don't know if you guys have been paying attention to this or not. But wide receiver Allen Robinson scrubbed all indications of the Chicago Bears from his social media accounts after their miracle win. It's called spade to spade against the Detroit Lions, in which rookie DeAndre Swift, who some Dolphins fans are real mad about that the Dolphins didn't draft, dropped the ball in the end zone, but that's okay. It's neither here nor there. Scrubbed the Bears from his social accounts. Reportedly very frustrated with the lack of progress, looking for a new contract from Chicago to pay him like a top wide receiver. And poor Allen Robinson, I'll say this. um, 6'2", 220, put up 1,400 yards one season, averaged 17 yards per catch in Jacksonville. I think it was like 14 touchdowns that season. Leaves Jacksonville and Blake Bortles, the only quarterback he'd ever known at the pro level, to go play in Chicago and catch passes from Mitch Trubisky. Dude caught a, passes for 1,100 yards last year with Trubisky thrown him the ball, which is a minor miracle in itself. So Alan Robinson's very good. And my, my question, my hypothetical question, And I'm just asking the question. I have an answer, but I'll pose the question first. Could slash should the Miami Dolphins call the Chicago Bears in the event that Allen Robinson is made available via trade because he requests one? He's 27 years old. He absolutely fits the model of what the Dolphins are looking for in wide receivers based on what they have in place. With this monstrous size combination of Preston Williams and Devante Parker. I think that's not something to overlook. He fits the model. He's also contingency for Devante Parker. The downside is he's 27 years old. He's looking for a big payday. And you have to trade for him. What do you trade for him? Well... There's two sides to this coin. You could say, well, Mohamed Sanu went for a two last year. Mohamed Sanu went to a two to New England whilst being washed last year. So if that's kind of the price range, that plus and up, we're out. We're absolutely out. The Dolphins are a team who covets those day one and day two picks. If you've got top 100 picks in the Dolphins, they want to have them. They want to keep them. And if they're going to move him, obviously they move one in the bet on Josh Rosen, they replaced it first. So I guess you could hypothetically say, well, we have two twos. And maybe, but I I still very much doubt it. But Allen Robinson's also going to be due a monster contract. And he's also an expiring contract this year. So you're trading him for a rental. Which brings me to another... Example of a recent trade recently. Emmanuel Sanders. Sanders was traded to San Francisco, helped push this team into the deep postseason run that they went on before Sanders ultimately left in free agency signing with the New Orleans Saints. The 49ers traded for Sanders on October 22nd, 2019. For a third and fourth round pick in the draft. It's a little bit easier pill to swallow. You're not giving up those two ones and two twos. Does that get it done? Does Miami listen? Does Miami offer that? Would Miami be willing to offer that? Is Miami even want to pay Allen Robinson a big contract? I don't know, but we gave Devonte Parker ten million dollars a year with the very encouraging but also very small sample size in the grand scheme of Devontae Parker's career, the four-year $40 million extension that they gave him before the end of the year last year. If you want size, okay, let's make economic decisions here. Read the market. You can either draft a big-bodied guy, Rashad Bateman, with your second first-round pick, hypothetically. And Rashad Bateman from Minnesota is very, very, very good. Make no mistake, I think he's an excellent prospect. But the cost is a one. Or you can get a guy who operated at the NFL level, has put up elite numbers, and has played his entire career with bad quarterbacks, and still managed to shine for several 1,000-yard seasons for three and a four. I'm just saying. You know how easy it is to replicate threes and fours in the draft when you get to draft weekend? Especially when you got multiple picks in each of the first two rounds. Say Miami picks five, hypothetically, that would, of course, be via Houston, and 13. You go from 13 to 21, you're going to get enough ammunition to replace the picks that you gave up for Allen Robinson in this scenario. So it depends on how hot the market gets for him. But typically, you hear players that become available, and I'm not really in, like interested in, like, everybody has a price, right? And Chris Greer has proven, like, if the price is right, he, he's willing to make a splash and make a move. But he's not going to be reckless. Being reckless would be be given a two for Allen Robinson on an expiring contract, knowing full well you're not guaranteed to bring him back, and if you do bring him back, you got to pay him a ton of money. That's reckless. But it's at least worth considering if you feel like your long-term viewpoint for wide receivers is we do want high-point guys. We want guys that can go up and get it. Allen Robinson is an upgrade over Preston Williams in the here and now. And Allen Robinson is potentially a better overall wide receiver when you look at his entire body of work than what Devontae Parker has been thus far as an NFL player. I'm just saying. So if he demands a trade, call up Brian Pace, GM of the Bears. See what they say. You got to hit subscribe on the podcast to come back tomorrow and see what we say, myself and Joe Marino, about this Dolphins Bills matchup. Friday will be dedicated deep into the weeds of the X's and O's and dynamics of this matchup, who we think will win. In my preseason prediction, final schedule prediction for the Dolphins, we had a week one loss, but we also had a week two win. So you'll have to come back later in the week to hear how the Dolphins can get that done. I am Kyle Krabs. Thanks, as always, for listening to Locked on Dolphins. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the show, and I hope to see you again tomorrow.